The lady is saying what we just read in Romans chapter 5. Verse number 1 tells about our salvation. Verse number 2 tells us now we have the opportunity for supplication. Verse number 3 tells us that we have been saved to serve. And uh, verse number 4, verse number 5 tells us we are secure in Him. Uh, verse number 6 tells us that we have strength in Him. And verse number 7 and 8 reminds us that we are saved sinners to serve. And uh, that's what I'm going to preach tonight. I'm going to preach in, in, in a very pastoral kind of a message on Sunday night and uh, almost a counseling kind of a message. I'm not going to preach against liquor tonight, though I'm against it. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to preach against gambling, though I am uh, against it. I'm uh, not going to preach against worldliness and carnality and uh, dressing wrong and living wrong and wrong kind of music, though I'm against it. I'm not going to preach. I'm not, uh, that's the only time I'm going to mention it tonight. And I'm just going to preach a very kind <laughs> pastoral sermon, and I mean that tonight. I'm going to preach tonight on overcoming failure overcoming failure. Heavenly Father, I, I do want to be an encouragement tonight. Lord, so often we try and we try so hard. And Lord, in our trying, sometimes we just fail. And things don't turn out like we had planned. Lord, sometimes it uh, is uh, just because uh, we give up. It's sometimes because we're weak. Uh, Lord, uh, so, so many times we just fail. And as a result, the devil uses that to discourage us. Uh, we get discouraged in witnessing because we witness and uh, nobody gets saved. And Lord, uh, we quit or we sing a song and it doesn't go well and we just want to quit. Or uh, we attempt to teach a Sunday school lesson and it just doesn't go well. And uh, we attempt to be the husband and father or the uh, wife and mother mess. Uh, that we would be reminded that we are just saved sinners to serve. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. One of the great things about the Word of God is the transparency of Scripture when it comes to the description of mankind. God does not cover up man's failures or his sinfulness. He simply tells us, as it is, what happened, what caused sin, and uh, what caused failure. Now, the reason that is encouraging is I find men in the Bible that accomplished great things, and I find uh, ladies in the Bible who accomplished great things, and I read their lives, and I find that they're far less than perfect. And so many times they failed, and yet God used them. So many times they just, they sinned. I mean, they just did wrong. And, uh, and they were sorry and they were ashamed for their sin. And they came back to God with a broken heart and God didn't throw them away. God said, I need you in my service. I think of how God used Samson. And sometimes we magnify, even in our reading and our thinking of Samson, we magnify his failure and his sin in such a way we forget that God used Samson in a great way. Uh, Abraham was far less than perfect, and we could talk about his failures. We could talk about his sin, but God used him in a great and a wonderful way. Uh, Moses was a man that was certainly uh, used of God in a great way, but when God called him uh, to go lead the children of Israel, 
he was a fugitive. He was running in a country because he had killed a man and covered him up and didn't want anybody to find out what he had done. And yet God used Moses. I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged already to know that God uses sinners, aren't you? I, uh, I read of Elijah, and I read how Elijah is over there pouting under the juniper tree. Uh, it's a shame when we pout, but sometimes we do, don't we? Sometimes we get the idea nobody cares, and I'm just a failure. I'm no good. I'm, I'm uh, no value to anybody, and we just start pouting. I always get tickled when I read that part where Elijah tells God, he said, why don't you just kill me? He said, I just want to die. And I want to remind Elijah, if you'd have just stayed in Jerusalem, Jezebel was going to kill you yesterday if you hadn't run. Uh, but you ran for your life. You don't want to die. You're just pouting. And you're just crying. You just feel bad because you failed and you got scared. And, but God used uh, uh, Elijah. Failures. I hate failure. I hate falling. I hate failing. I hate not meeting expectation. I hate it when I go soul winning and I don't get to see somebody saved. I just, that just bothers me. And I want to win somebody to Christ every time I go. And every time I preach, I want to, I want to accomplish the will of God. And, and then, but sometimes we fail. The only person in the Bible we find uh, that there's no mention of sin, and that is Joseph. And Joseph is a, a type of Christ in the Scripture, though Joseph was not a perfect man. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I think of Peter. What a quick temper Peter had. A man of anger and a man uh, uh, that faced a temptation to quit. But I'll tell you something. If I'm choosing sides, I'm picking Peter first. Uh, he may make a mistake now and again. He may break a tool now and again. But he gets a lot of work done uh, when he's serving God. I, I like Peter. Uh, King David uh, sinned against God. He sinned against his family. He sinned against his nation when you read through the Bible, and I don't care where you read, you read Hebrews chapter 11 and that great hall of faith chapter, uh, you find people there, uh, they lost their temper. They said things they shouldn't have said. Uh, some of them had bad relationships and bad associations. And uh, some committed not only sin, but they broke the law. Uh, some lost faith. Some turned back. Some gave up. And yet all of them God used every time they got back up and said, God, I'm sorry, would you use me again? And tonight I want to give you just several things that will help us to overcome failures. And I want to say tonight God needs every one of you, whether you're watching online or you're sitting here in the building tonight. It doesn't matter what your age is, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are. If you're still alive, God has a purpose for your life. And don't you get discouraged. And here's a statement I want you to get. If the devil can use failures on our journey of life to teach us, he can lead us in success and victory. I want to give you several Bible truths. I'm not sure they're connected, but just statements that may help us uh, to overcome our failures and just get back up again. Perhaps there's a bus captain tonight. Uh, you've had the thoughts today. I'm quitting. And it's all right if you quit, just so you sign back up by next Saturday morning. And uh, maybe you sung in the choir tonight, and you said, uh, I quit, and we're glad you finally did. You're off, uh, you're off key. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, you may have uh, said tonight, I'm an usher, and that's the last time I'm going to be offended by that person, and I quit. It's all right if you quit. Just sign back up before Wednesday night, because we need ushers uh, on Wednesday night. 
All of us at times want to quit. All of us at times want to give up. But we can't quit. Uh, we're what God has chosen to get his work done and to accomplish his will. In our generation, we can't quit. And so I give you these things. First of all, uh, when we want to quit. First of all, we have to accept failure and the feelings that go with it. We have to accept our failure. We have to look at it and the feelings that go with it. I use uh, by way of illustration, and you can take your Bible and go to 2 Samuel and uh, chapter 12, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12, and I'm not going to read all of the passage. I just want you to see a part of it. It is here that King David uh, has uh, committed a terrible sin. And I'll not go through all of the sin. He wasn't in the right place. He uh, had uh, Uriah killed. He committed adultery with uh, uh, Bathsheba. He fathered a child. And, and uh, he just messed up everything and a lot of people in the entire nation. And finally, uh, uh, Nathaniel, uh, finally the prophet uh, Nathan uh, came to David. And he told him a parable. He told him a story about a man. And that was a wealthy man. And he had all kinds of lambs and animals and cattle. Uh, but he had a friend that comes in preparing it uh, for his friend that had come to see him. He took a man uh, that was poor and he had just one little ewe lamb. And he stole that lamb and he killed it and he fed it uh, to his friend that had come to see him. And David got angry about that. And he said, that's a shame and that's a sin and that's wrong. And uh, he said, uh, that man ought to be punished. Uh, he ought to uh, lose his life. And uh, what a shame that is. And Nathan looked at him and he said, thou art the man. He's talking about you. Second Samuel chapter 12. Notice verse number 13. And David said unto Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Boy, it didn't take long for God to forgive him, did it? I understand the scripture as I understand it. It was a year from the time David began his sin until he came to the place in verse number 13 that he said, I have sinned. And it's recorded in more detail in Psalm number 51. But as soon as he told the man of God, he said, I'm the one that sinned and I've sinned against God. And Nathan said immediately, this has to encourage us tonight. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Now, there was not only a confession and an admittance of sin, there are a lot of bad feelings and a lot of hurt and a lot of pain in David's life. And you read the next few verses, though God forgave him of his sin, he had to pay for his sin. And there were some days, long days and long nights that David lay and he prayed and he fasted and he begged God for the child's life. Uh, but God took the child and uh, was a reminder for the rest of his days of the payment of his sin. Uh, but, he, uh, and, 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 uh, but he confessed his uh, sin to God. I want to say tonight, failure is always linked with our feelings and emotions such as sadness and anxiety and stress and anger. That comes with it. But dear friend, uh, the first step to overcoming our failure and back to a place of Serving God is saying, God, I've sinned. I mean, I'm just, I'm just confessing it. I'm telling you, God, I've sinned and I'm sorry. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against others. And I'm asking your forgiveness. By the way, those God-given feelings and emotions, those God can remind us. You remember what that cost you before? 
Boy, we stop and we say, oh my, I don't want to go through those long nights again. I don't want to go through the pain and the hurt and the emotion. I want to say tonight, if you have sinned against God or if you failed, you've tried and you failed, I want to say tonight, if it's sin, confess your sin to God. If it's failure, get back up again. Everybody is needed in the work of God. I think of Peter. Uh, Peter wanted to do right. That Peter wanted to go with Christ to the cross. He told him, he said, I'll, I'll die for you. I'll die with you. I admire Peter. Peter went further than anybody else. He did. You, you, you can't be critical of Peter. But yet when Peter got to the place that he feared that they were going to take his life, he denied that he was with Christ. He denied even knowing Christ. And the Bible said when he did, the old rooster began to crow. And Peter was reminded of the words of Christ. And the Bible said he went out and he wept bitterly. Oh, but Peter learned from those days. Oh, yes, he did. And Peter died for the cause of Christ. I want to say tonight, if you have failed because you tried so hard like Peter, or if you failed because of sin like David, look at God tonight and say, I am sorry. And I don't want to sin against you. And I don't want to fail. And I'm going to get up and try again. By the way, I'd rather be the Christian that attempted to serve God and failed ten times than to be the one that's never failed because they never attempted to do anything for God. And so we need to keep serving God. Second of all, I want to say about overcoming failure. Failure does not mean life is over. Look at me. Failure does not mean life is over. The devil's a liar. Life is not over. If you're still alive, life is not over. Your service for God is not ended. Your life is not over. And this difficult time of a broken heart and the feelings that come from failure, those will pass. I think of Christianity and the life that we live. You see, it requires us to be broken before we can be effective. And sometimes we don't want to surrender to the, to the point that God needs us to surrender. And so God has to break us. And oftentimes it's failure that God uses to break us with. I want to say tonight, failure doesn't mean that life is over. Listen to this statement. Many people think their failure defines them. The truth is it only describes what God saved you or delivered you from. Some folks think the only thing people think of me is my failure. That's not true. When we think of Noah, we think of his faith in God to build an ark. When we think of Elijah, we think of him praying down fire from heaven and facing those false prophets of Jezebel. Uh, when we think of Elijah, uh, we think of him praying down a fire from heaven. I just said that. I said it twice. I missed it the first time. Anyway, uh, when we think of those, we, we don't think of those failures. We think of God's will. Moses is not defined by his fugitive years. He is defined by his obedience to the will of God to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. Peter isn't defined by his years as a cursing sailor and fisherman. He's defined as being a fisher of men. The man who preached on the day that 3,000 were saved and baptized. He overcame his failure. Failure doesn't mean that life is over I'll guarantee you when the rooster began to crow and Peter went out and wept bitterly I'll guarantee you the devil said life is over life is over you'll never serve God again you'll never serve God again ah but when Jesus rose from the grave he told him he said you go tell the disciples and you tell Peter that I am risen life isn't over when you failed 
It isn't over. I love that passage. Take your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. You want to see this tonight. I love that verse number 11. I love the phrase, and such were some of you. Look at it, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 9. Hurry now, hurry, the Lord's coming. 1 Corinthians 6, verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but... But you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord. You learn yet another lesson, and you intend to serve God with your life. I give you the third thing. Let failure be your teacher, not your master. Let failure be your teacher, not your master. The Lord Jesus said to Peter, and, and, and he knew Peter was full of pride, and, and, and Peter had accomplished a lot, and he was full of himself. And he said, I'll never deny you. And uh, Jesus said to Peter in Luke twenty-two thirty-two, but I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Peter used his failures as a stepping stone, as a teaching lesson to a multitude of others as he penned those two letters of First and Second Peter, and he said, now expect trials to come. Don't think it's strange concerning the trials that are to try you as though some strange thing happened. You're going to go through the fire. You're going to face trials. Ah, oh, but by the grace of God, you can make it through and you can serve God. You see, success is nothing but failure turned inside out. A success is a, a, a person that has failed, but they won't quit because they've fallen and they just kept on going. I think of Mark, of, of Mark who failed in his first missionary journey. By the way, he went further on his first half missionary journey than some folks have ever gone. At least he tried. You say, but he failed. No, he didn't. He learned. And the Lord used him to write that wonderful book of Mark that presents our Lord Jesus as a servant. My favorite of the four Gospels. I love all of them, but I just love the, 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 the humanity and the reality of, March, uh, of the book of Mark and how he used a failure to be his teacher and he didn't control him the rest of his life. He didn't think of the time he failed. He, th he, he thought of how God had given him another opportunity and God used him in a great way. I give you the fourth thing tonight. Take your focus off your failure. And start looking at the forgiveness of God. Amen. Quit, quit talking about your failure. Every time you talk to somebody, don't tell them about your failure. Tell them about God's forgiveness. I, um, I, I've been with folks that have been through uh, different uh, programs and overcoming addictions and different things. I, I was with a fellow, and this been years ago. Uh, he was in Charter Ridge, and after several weeks, uh, he could have visitors, and I went to see him, and, and he'd been an alcoholic. I'd led him to Christ in the jail. And in fact, and, 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 and he went back with me uh, to the jail, and he would uh, play a guitar or a banjo, and that would help me to get the attention of the folks in jail before I preached. And, and 
and I uh, went to see him at, at Charter Ridge, and I said, how you doing? His last name was Sizemore. He said, all they want to talk about is drinking. All they want to talk about is my failure. He said, I wish they'd talk about something that I could do in life rather than my failure. Hey, folks, I'm glad. Take your Bibles. Let me show you something in Philippians chapter 3. Quit talking about your failure and start talking about God's forgiveness. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. I haven't made it where I'm going. Paul said, I'm not there yet. But this one thing I do. Then he says two things. But because he does them both at once, he calls them one thing. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. One, two, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Paul, you said you're doing one thing. I am. I, as I do the will of God, I'm forgetting. As the ship leaves uh, uh, the island of sin, I'm not only leaving sin, I'm pressing toward the mark. Quit looking back and talking about your failure and talk about the will of God for your life. Quit talking about what you've done in the past and think about what God wants you to do with your life. I'll tell you what you ought to do. Quit talking about the past and go win somebody to Christ this week and give some gospel tracts this week and help somebody to grow that's a new Christian this week. A man came to church this morning. In fact, uh, a fellow, Will, Will Bevan, sat here. It's his first time in church. He said, I couldn't believe what you preached this morning. I talked to him after church. He gave me his testimony. He said, I couldn't believe what you preached. I, I, I couldn't believe it. He said, you see, I grew up in church. I knew exactly what you're talking about. I've been through all of the motions and all of the actions of being a Christian. You're talking to me this morning. As you went through the book of Isaiah and talked about folks that they had no heart for God. They had no personal relationship with God, though they had religious activity. That was me. And by the time I got to the invitation, he couldn't wait to get out of his seat and trusted Christ as his Savior. And he said, thank God today was different. God spoke to my heart and the Holy Spirit said, you need to be born again. And thank God he got saved today. Hey, there's somebody that somebody needs to invest some time in and love and help a new Christian to grow in grace. And we need to reach out and befriend somebody this week. Help clean the church. Visit somebody in a hospital. Go to a nursing home. They don't care if they know you or don't know you. Many folks would be glad just to have somebody come and sit beside them and read some scripture and sing some songs. Visit somebody in their home that has a need. Get a prayer list and pray over it. Weep for somebody that's broken. Pray for somebody that's hurting. Forget your past and get a new life in Christ. How you overcome your failure. Number five, never give up. Just make a decision. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to give up. Giving up in life is never an option. Never. Never an option. How sad it is to read the stories of suicide. How sad it is. How sad it is. Friend, I want to tell you something. There is life. There is joy in living in the will of God. Giving up should never be an option. By the grace and power of God, you have the ability to do whatever God has called you to do. No matter how hard it looks, no matter how difficult it may seem, you may look at something and you may think, I could never do that. Ah, but by the grace and power of God, you can do anything God calls you to do. I can't, I can't believe, just practically speaking, 
how God has used and is using my brother Clissa Backlund. We couldn't take a family picture. He, he, he was so backward and shy. He messed up all of our family picture, didn't he, David? He's an ugly one in every picture. Uh, he, he, he wouldn't smile. He was shy. He wouldn't talk to anybody. He had two funerals today, this afternoon. He did a funeral. He left the funeral home. He went to another funeral home. He's fed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Calls me every week about somebody's led to Christ. I've never seen anybody with a more tender heart. He's so much bigger than me because his heart is ten times the size. I mean, it's, it's an amazing, it's, I can't believe it, but God did that work in his life. And I want to tell you something. God can do a work in your life. Give your life to God. Don't give up on life. Give your life to God. Let God do something with your life. Then I want to say number six, be passionate about the will of God. Be passionate. I said to a fellow one time, he said, I tried church and it didn't work. I said, it's a shame. You gave Budweiser 10 years and you gave God six weeks. If you got as passionate about serving God as you did drinking your Bud Dumber, oh, I said, I wasn't going to preach against liquor, didn't I? I'll try it next week to make it all the way through. I said, if you'd be as passionate about church and reading your Bible and walking with God as you were living a life of sin, going from honky-tonk to honky-tonk, drinking your Bud Dumber and your Miller Low Life, you'd have a walk with God. You'd have some joy. Be passionate about doing the will of God. Wear the colors. I want folks to know I'm a child of God. I mean, don't be ashamed of it. Wednesday night, we was coming in, getting ready for the choir to come in, uh, to come in to sing. And Lance Carr, he came in. He was all smiles. He got his driver's license. And I'm just issuing a warning tonight, another, another driver's license. And, uh, but, but Lance was wearing his lucky tie, Ohio State. That's lucky for him. But anyway, uh, but, but, but he was just wearing his lucky tie. He was taking his driver's test, and he passed. You know, he's not ashamed to wear the colors. That's his team. I want to tell you something, something folks. I'm a born-again child of God. I was once in heaven, and one day I would stand before God and give an account for every sin. But that day as a five-year-old boy, when I trusted Christ as Savior, he took my sins away. He put them in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. My name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'm not ashamed to be passionate about the cause of Christ. Let me give you number seven. Surround yourself with people who want to do the will of God. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 13. Some of you have heard me tell this story. I went to a preacher's fellowship in 1986. I became a pastor in April 1986, ordained April 16. 1986 and sometime thereafter I heard of a preacher's fellowship and I went to that pre uh, preacher's fellowship I just wanted to go I was part of a team now I just I just wanted to go to the preacher's fellowship I wanted to stand up I'd been to preacher's fellowship before and I just wanted to go I, I, I wanted everybody to know I was a pastor you get to stand up and tell your name and what church you're from and I'll never forget when he came to me, I said my name, 
And, 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 and the fellow chuckled a little bit. He said, and you're a pastor? I said, I am. And then he said this. He said, maybe you've memorized a verse you could quote for us. He, he made fun of me as a pastor because I was so young. And I was just 21 years old, anything but. I'd never known anything but ministry. I'd never known anything but bus ministry and soul winning. I'd never known anything but that. And I thought maybe just, I don't know, just having fun. I went back to the next preacher's fellowship and I learned that, that they do a rotation and they'll let four or five or six preachers preach and they just rotate. And I thought if I keep going, my name will finally come up and I'll get to preach. And it did. And I thought when I preach about what God's doing at our church, we were seeing people saved and I was loving the work of the ministry and I thought, well, when I, when I give my testimony, they'll, they'll be encouraging to me and they'll be glad to have a new year. He said, uh, I want to apologize for Brother Fugit's zeal. It's obvious that he has a lot of zeal, but things don't work out just the way he preached. And uh, it, it broke my heart. I remember driving just half a mile down the road, pulling over. I was weeping. I couldn't believe. I thought they would be encouraging. I made a decision right then. I'm not going to hang around that kind of crowd. If I want to hang around that crowd, I'll get a job at the funeral home. I'm not interested in embalming people. I don't want to embalm a church. I want a church to be alive. And so I decided I'm going to hang around preachers that believe God. And they don't believe God's old and, and, and unable and weak, but they believe God is the all-powerful, same God today as he was yesterday. So I started hanging around preachers that believed you can. And I still believe you can. And I still don't go to those dead fellowships. Now, not all fellowships are dead. Not all of them are dead. But that one was. They buried it some 20 years ago. Notice what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. If you're going to overcome your failures, you've got to walk with people that are excited about doing the will of God. Just in this day, Labor Day Sunday, we experienced a dynamic Sunday. Why? Because we, we decided some time ago God can... If God could, God can. He is the great I am. He never was the great I was. He always is the great I am. Amen. Hang around folks that want to do something for God. And then last of all, I'll give you this. Maybe this should have been toward the front, but I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. Avoid being alone. Failure makes you always just want to be alone. And I'll tell you why. Because the devil wants to work on you and finish you off. You fail and you just want to stay home on Wednesday night. You fail and you just want to be by yourself. God said, pray. He said, get up. <laughs> in the Greek, that means, well, in the Hebrew, I'm sorry, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, that means get up. You don't need to be by yourself. You need to be with God's people. You ever come to church and you don't want to sing and everybody's singing so loud and you think, why do you folks have to be so happy tonight? <laughs> why do all you folks have to be yelling amen tonight? What, 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 what's so exciting? We need that. Yeah. Amen. 
Let's not quit because we failed. Let's not, let's not quit because we tried and we didn't meet our expectation. Let's decide right now tonight in this new week, we're going to pursue the will of God for our lives. Stand with me, if you will. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, this is the time, this is the hour you ought to trust Christ as your Savior tonight. And I want to say, child of God, there's nobody here that's attempted to do a work for God that hasn't had a time that they didn't fail and wanted to quit because of it. I say tonight, let's not quit. Let's pursue the will of God. Heaven